There is nothing wrong with your internet. Do not attempt to adjust your settings. We are controlling the podcast. We control the squealing and the screams. We can make your heart flutter, your eyes blur from tears, or sharpen your mind to crystal clarity. For the next hour, sit back. We are in control of what you hear. We repeat, there is nothing wrong with your settings. You are about to experience the awe and mystery known as the female mind. You are now entering the Fangirl Zone. Hello everyone and welcome to Sci-Fi Talk on the Fangirl Zone, a podcast where we discuss shows on the Sci-Fi Channel. I'm Sean Fangirl-S. And I'm Steve, and tonight we'll be discussing episode three of season five of The Magicians. Oh, <laughs> it was so good. Oh, yes, it was. Oh, my gosh. It was so good that Steve had a comment right away in between things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, first, I want to thank everybody who's been tweeting with us because you guys are awesome. And, of course, the cast is awesome, who are, like, always answering our questions and comments and it's amazing so thank you but before we dive into this crazy episode what do we have ratings wise all right we've got ratings for episode two brought in a 0.09 in adults 18 to 49 with 0.355 million viewers making it the 115th rated cable show for the day really with as many magicians they must be watching dvring it and watching it I don't know, because I swear, it's like trending every week. Right. That's crazy. Well, but, you got to remember, Nielsen only has specific families that they meet her. And that's so weird. when you look at things that get highly rated, you can tell that they don't like people who watch science fiction stuff. So Yeah, it seems to be a lot. And it, it seems to be a lot of just network shows. Right. Well, that's okay, because we love this show. Oh, yes, and there's so many of us that love the show. So let's dive head first into episode three, The Mountain of Ghosts. Elliot and Alice go for a hike and Fen gets a haircut. Damn it, we are back with these kind of synopsis. I swear it's the bane of my existence. Yeah, maybe that's why people are, <laughs> the numbers are going down is people are fed up with these lousy uh, press releases. Really? Fen gets a haircut? Okay. Yeah. She did. Yeah, that's true. Well, let's start with who isn't in this episode. Yeah. That's right, Katie. We got a no-show this episode, but I don't know. I guess they're trying to even it out because she had such a big episode last week. I don't know. Yeah, there was just a whole lot of other stuff going on. Yeah. And I'm seriously surprised of the language that's getting past the censors. Wow. Okay. Thought I was watching it on, like, one of our pay stations. Right. Like, oh, okay, this is not on with the Expanse, and they're dropping a whole lot of thumbs anyway. But let's jump in. We have Penny and Julia, which I feel like so many people are trying to be like, they are great together. We need to have more of them. I don't mind it kind of happening naturally. Right. Which seems to be the way they're going. I just hope they're not like going to shove them together and be like, no, 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 it's always going to be these two. Right. Don't do that, guys. No. No. But we have Julia and Penny. I almost put them together at the Breakbills Library, and Penny is still looking for something to block the signal. He's got a patch, but he's still hearing it and not having a whole lot of luck. 
And it's interesting when he's talking about it because he's like, it's like before I can do so much, but you get out of control when you listen to it. Right. And I feel like there's got to be something that they're going to unwrap more. Oh, absolutely. I have a feeling this is definitely going to play a much bigger role as we get into the season. I hope so. But not so much that like he loses his mind or something. We don't need another uh, yeah. penny in the other underworld. Yeah. But we do find out that Penny has requested some more books from the library, but doesn't really expect them anytime soon. Well, he doesn't necessarily know that the library is in disarray. Right. So we're hoping something works out. But we have Julia giving Penny a look. And I love that his first thought is, oh, the look. Yeah. But I really do have a headache. She's like, no, I need a ride. It's like, oh, okay. He looked a little disappointed. <laughs> it's like, Penny, it's a look, but not the look. Come on. Yeah. Not everything is that look. But I guess if you have a raging headache and you are hoping that she's always giving you that look, it's going to be that look. Yeah. <laughs> of course. Penny wants that look. <laughs> he does. All he the time. <laughs> I'm kind of shocked. Penny was like, oh, but I have a headache. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, like, yeah, okay, but I have a headache. It's not going to be great. I don't know, something. Anywho, so Julia tells him where they want to go, and they arrive at London at the PK Endeavors. And Penny's like, okay, what is this? Do we have an appointment? What's going on? Of course, Julia's like, please, what do you think? We don't they need walk no appointment. <laughs> right. When they walk in, I'm like, did they just get transported back? back? No, like, yeah. everybody, I think, was thinking the same thing, because... Julia and Penny sure are. They're like, why does this look like the physical kid's house? What is going on? Yeah. And then we get Zoe Marcus introducing herself as the manager of this place. Zoe is Yachide Madaki from American Gods, which we had the awesome chance of interviewing her at C2E2. So you can check that out over on our YouTube page or on our website, www.fangirlzone.com. She's right there in our interviews, front and center. She's awesome. She isn't local to me, but she did go to school locally. So she knows about Chicago food. So we're cool. Yeah. But I was surprised she was in it. I was like, oh, wow. All right, cool. We're going to get the tea date. And I thought she was the one they were looking for. Right. But no, it was Danielle. Yeah. But I love it because Penny, his first thought isn't like, oh, who's this woman? The striking woman. No, it's. Why does this place look like the physical kid's house? And I love it. So he's like, oh, you went to break bills? Uh, yeah, I'm a professor there. Really? Really? Yeah. You, you kind of see that. All <laughs> over the place. And you just kind of go, you know, that's Julia standing there next to you. Right. <laughs> see, I don't think he was trying to do a pickup line, but Zoe probably didn't know that. And I really feel like Zoe's like, really? And then like that look on her face, at least to me. It was that moment like, you're a professor? Yeah. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Like, I wanted to hear, really? Really? Like, I that's my undertone with it. But maybe just because when I look at Penny, I'm like, you're a professor? <laughs> okay, enough. <laughs> enough of me being weird. Got it. So Zoe, of course, is like, yeah, hey, okay, cool. Awesome. Everything's great. What are you guys here for? Oh, well, now Julia's going to pipe up. We need to talk to your sister. And Zoe's like, uh, Why? Now things are starting to cool off really quick in that room. Yes. And Julia gives her the short, short version. Really short And the major event's about to occur. And Zoe's like, yeah, no, bye. And kind of pops off, like quite literally. It's like, what just happened? Right. 
Talk about getting hit with the cold washcloth. And Penny's like, all right, Julia, we'll figure something out. But when they're about to leave, they see Danny kind of peering out behind them. It's like, what is going on? Come on. She's going to help, right? But she keeps like disappearing. Right. So (laughs) is she a traveler is what I'm wondering. I don't think so. I think she just has some issues in social settings that, I mean, probably a high anxiety uh, level in social settings. And so she uses a disappearing spell to oh, disappear out of them. Yeah. <laughs> what I thought was interesting, and it didn't dawn on me right away, Alice said that her dad went to school with this woman who had a really unique discipline. Right. But it's like, okay, this woman looks the same age as Penny and Julia. Right. So it really threw me. I'm like, wait, there's she's supposed to be the same age as her dad. But then I remember that one friend of Alice's mom who used a ton of magic. Right. To change her appearance. Right. Keep looking so, young. I'm like, maybe she's doing it more to hide herself so nobody recognizes her. That could be it, too. Because it makes me wonder what they stop. Right. Because we do find out a little bit because Julia has to go check on Penny, who went to get another neck patch from Professor Lipson. And Penny just kind of is talking in front of Lipson like, no big deal. Hey, did you find anything out? No, Zoe did attend break bills in the 90s. There's none of the professors really know her. And Lipson all of a sudden pipes in, wait a second, hold on, who are you talking about? Right. And she knows Zoe because she was her lab partner. And oh, Zoe had two sisters, Beth and Danny. And it's like, wait, two sisters? Right. And she kind of tells her, well, yeah, things happened. And doesn't at this point, she kind of whispers like they were really weird. Well, she said Danny was really weird. Oh, okay. Which may explain why she disappears. Right. So basically, Zoe and Danny are Lipson's age. Okay. Which I feel like makes more sense that way. Right. But I mean, obviously, Alice's dad could have known her, worked with her at some point. Oh, yeah. But like when she said it, I assume she meant like they went to school together. Oh, Lipson and Zoe did. They were laughing. No, I meant. Oh. No, no, no. I mean, Alice's dad. Right. And Zoe. But. I don't think so. Yeah. That doesn't seem to be the case. No. But hey, Julia and Penny go back to London to try to talk to Danny anyway, who again, poops right out of existence. Like, you just wanted to hear the little bubble pop, like, every time she disappears. Right, yeah. And Zoe is pretty pissed because she comes stomping in. It's like, we can't help you. We did what we did once. We don't need any more. So get out. We're not going to help. We can't help. Goodbye. And Danny suddenly reappears like, wait, what's going on, though? There's something big? It's like, okay, you seem to have social anxiety. But when somebody's talking about, oh, hey, big apocalyptic episode happening it's like oh really my interest has peaked right but zoe tries to stop her she's like do you remember last time what happened beth died our sister is gone right and she's like we've already saved the world once we're done and i feel like at that point penny is a little taken aback it's like do you know how many times we've saved the world right 39 times we've gone through this we're on number 40 yeah but they kind of are having a heart-to-heart later, Penny and Julia, about, it makes sense. We survived one. I guess if we get past this, how about we stop and just bow out? I want to enjoy life, and I want to enjoy it with you. Which, I don't know if Julia is quite ready for that. When no. <laughs> Was it two episodes ago? She's yeah. like, Quentin died for us. 
and I need to do something big. Right. I don't think she's ready, even though a whole hell of a lot has happened to her. Yeah. It's like, all right, we'll do what we do. It's pretty much, I think, what Penny has finally just resigned himself to. Right. And then suddenly there's a knock at the door. Well, who could this be? Could Pigman be back? Yeah, <laughs> that's what I was waiting to see. I thought he was going to be back and be like, oh, finally a man. Yeah. <laughs> but instead, it's Danny saying, here, I solved your problem. What? How did you? What? Yeah. My God, it's been like three hours. How did you do this? Right. She says the surges are getting worse and they can't be predicted. But I created a model that you're going to pretty much know when surges might occur. And Danny asks about the harmonic conversion. Magic gets super magnified and then tells them four of them have occurred. The extinction of dinosaurs, Pompeii, the sinking of Atlantis, and the invention of auto-tune. <laughs> that last one, it's like, it was that bad, huh? Yeah. Okay, yeah. I'm not disagreeing with that. And in two weeks, there's going to be another one. Oh, holy shit. Great. So we got our timeline. Yeah. Didn't so now, think it would be two weeks, but no, okay. Because <laughs> how many episodes do we have? My God, it's only the third one. Right. We got Slow seven, down. Seven episodes. Okay. That's going to be about every two days. Yikes. She does tell them, though, and this is what I thought was interesting. Seeing how against getting involved Zoe was, she says, I will help you whatever you decide, or I'll try. Right. And that really surprised me. But I feel like she is not necessarily just down for the the math, so to speak, right. that she wants to try to make up for whatever happened with her sister, which I don't know if we're going to get any more information. I kind of hope we do. Right. But I kind of doubt we will. Right. Here, let me dangle this little piece in front of you. Of course, Julia thanks her and Danny's like, oh, OK, my sister will invoice you for my time. And then she's gone. Well, at least we know she's rock solid if you're going to pay her. Right. Now, of course, one way out of this is to just have everybody stop using magic. Which is pretty much going to be impossible because you have to do it globally. Wide, yes. For however long they think this is going to last. Right. Because they feel, okay, if even one person does it, and does it always, or also, I should say, count with fillery, even though the timelines are off. Because That's a really good question. That because they're is talking a, of it was Pigman's mentioning of Fillory having an apocalyptic event. See, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, I'm just thinking, oh, it's a big thing. They're here to do it, and not thinking he said Fillory. So how are you going to stop it? Because you have the time dwarves and the clocks and everything happening. I right. mean, would Jane Chatwin have to just pop out of existence then? It's all magic. Yep. Wow. I did not think of any of that. And what the heck does this mean? All right. Well, TikTok, let's keep moving because we're not gaining any time back. Yeah. <laughs> we need a plan. Well, apparently, Margot, Josh, and Fen kind of sort of have a plan, but not really. But they did manage to move the portal clock to the apartment, which allowed everyone to return to Fillory in the present day. And when they go back, they'll be at least all together. Right. Time e even though this makes me feel like, yay, this is great. Something's not right. Yeah. Because Josh and Fen are really glad to be back and, of course, alive. Yes. But we found out that the letter that Margo wrote wasn't the letter that Margo wrote. Yeah. Because Elliot replaced it with one that he had written and Josh and company benefited from that. Because I think Elliot finally realized 
yes, we needed Margot the Destroyer, but I am also breaking her down to the barest bones, and she is not going to be what I think she needs to be. Right. And it's just like, I'm seeing so many undertones with it, but again, I want all this to happen, so <laughs> so I feel like, oh yeah, that's that's how they're reading it. But anyway, Ben tells Josh that they should tell Margot what happened. Yeah. Uh-oh. It's like, what? Are they the reason the takers are there? What's going on? Or and Josh worse. is like, right. Like, are they the reason of the Dark King? Tell me what's happening. But Josh is like, well, just wait till Margot's back on the throne. It'll be fine. I'm sure that'll make it better. Whatever's going to happen. Right. I'm not sure you want Margot the Destroyer on the throne and drop a bomb. <laughs> that one. Yes. Drop something like, oh, by the way. And it just had my mind going in so many different directions. I was like, what is it? Right. But Ben's like, oh, yeah, Margot, the the marks, by the way, we can't get rid of them. And we're not going to be able to get back to the castle because of them. But you know what? Josh pipes up. Hey, I remember we created a super guard. We had a contest and the winners would have all their crimes abolished, including removal of banishment marks. So great. This is what we got to do. Yep. So back to Fillory, and they go to try the contest. And both Margot and Fen join the contest under fake names, Janet Kaczynski. Oh, there's a throwback to the book. Yes. And Fensicle Wahlberger. <laughs> what? Ben, you kind of suck with fake names. Yeah. But I love it. Weapon of choice, axes. Of uh, course, of course Margo. me. <laughs> yeah. Axes are my jam. But Fen pipes up because, oh, I can use knives. I'm going to use my child knives. And she's like, we give them to kids to play with. I'm like, what? Yeah, huh? You give kids knives? I'm scratching my head. What is happening here? Well, Margo's a little bitchy because Josh shows up with an axe for her. But she kind of bites his head off because her magic isn't working quite right. And she's getting eaten alive by these little magic bugs. What is going on with the mosquitoes and fillery? Exactly. Or gnats or whatever. Right. I love it. Josh is like, I'll be right back. I gotta check something. Very suspiciously. Yes. And I had been wondering if this was going to pop up. Right. And sure enough, it did. Right. And Josh is like, oh, bad news, guys. Fillory has two moons and both of them are full tonight. It's wolf time. It's like, what? Yeah. And it's double bad. Yes. Either one of them is full. It's wolf time. So you get a double whammy your first time to wolf out. Oh, this is not good. But it at least explains why she's bitchy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. This is so not good. No. And we know what the parameters are, which kind of left me questioning the end, which we'll get back to. Okay. So Josh is like, hey, don't worry. There's werewolf cages. I built them. They're down there. So we'll be fine. Okay. But I thought you didn't have a choice that you had to basically kill or have sex. Right. Wolf out. So that's what left me kind of scratching my head at the end. Yes. Unless they gave them something, which I'm like, did they give them an animal? Because aren't all animals magical and fillery and now I'm frightened? Yeah. <laughs> but Margot still is not fine. She's pretty pissy. And her skin hardening spell is only working on the left side of her body. Great. Now I want to murder everything. All right, she's got some power, so everybody's going to be screwed. Yeah. That's all I kept thinking. And Josh, oh, deep breathing. And, well, 
kisses him and uh, hits him in the butt with her axe. Okay, I thought they were going to go to town right there. Yeah. I guess that would stop the problem. You would think. But hey, the battle is about to begin. And really interesting with what happens, because Margot takes on this sword master who's doing all this, like, flipping around and crazy stuff with the sword. Really badass. Right. And she just stops the sword with her hand. He's like, boink, I'm out of here. Yeah. (laughs) I'm not going to wait around to get beat by this. I'm gone. It's like, she stopped my sword. Yeah, we're done. And then Fen battles, and the guy is huge. Yeah. But she cuts. Sized. I'm like, oh my God, what is this? Cuts the back of his ankle, like the Achilles tendon area, and then his knee. And, oh, she just takes them out. Great. Next. And I love it because they keep showing how these ladies are just taking them down, taking them down, taking them down. It's like, wow, they're going to end up head to head, aren't they? That's what I was thinking. And it kind of ends up that way because, great, we're the last of it. It should be, what is it, 12 or 13 of them? But, oh, the High King has made some changes. Only one woman is allowed in the Centurion Guard. So you're going to have to battle for it. Of course, this was after he asked, are you a man or a woman? Right. What? Yeah. <laughs> and I love Margot. Duh. Obviously. <laughs> and they're going to battle under the light of the twin full moons tomorrow. Hurrah. And Margot's like, mm, no, not good. I, I got some stuff going on. And then she sees Fen itchy and crazy. And she kind of side eyes her and looks at Josh. And I'm thinking, run, Josh, run. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, and apparently so does she. Yeah, we're wolfing out at sunset, so uh, don't think you want us uh, killing all of you while we're werewolves. Right. I love it because it's like, oh, we can do this because there's a whole lot of stuff happening. And it's like, oh, let's move the schedule around. Yeah. (laughs) Right. And Ben just word vomits. (laughs) He's like trying to find uh, the right word there. Yeah. Did Katie uh, drop a little of her truthy uh, serum in (laughs) Oh my gosh. Ben's drink. There's only like a dozen times, and Margo's like, I need to sharpen my axe. I'm like, Ben, the hell, dude? Yeah. You want to die? <laughs> Stop talking. And it's time to battle. And of course, Josh is like, Margo, we, we don't have to do this. And she's like, shut it. And they're going, and holy shnikes. Yeah. Margo uses magic, and it's like, yeah, now what? Ben is like, I'm gonna be so screwed. I, do, I can't use magic. What the hell? Yeah. But they're fighting, and as Margot does like this sweeping motion with her axe, this is when Fen does get a haircut. Yeah. Loses braid, I believe. Yep. That's sharp freaking axe. That's yes, all I'm gonna is. say. <laughs> it's like, holy crap, this is crazy. And they end up on the ground and they're struggling, and Margot ends up with one of the, the knives in her hand. And just stabs Fen, just dead in the chest. And I don't know about you, but when that happened, I was like, oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. I can't believe you just did that. And Margo couldn't believe she did it either. No. Because there's blood and she's like, oh, shit. And, oh, Margo, you're the winner. And she's just sitting there kind of the same way I was. The expression was like, what the hell just happened? Right. And Margot and Josh both kind of bend over in pain. And that's when Fen sits up. She's like, you did great. You grabbed my child's knife. It's like, what? <laughs> How can a child's knife draw that much blood? 
Yeah, this is fake, and you know, you, it's so they get used to where they're they're stabbing. And I can't believe you did that. And she's like, what? I didn't know. Right. It's like, but we need to get to the cages. Yeah. They take them down to the cages, no problem. Yep. And of course, they're human, and this is where I don't understand because the rules that were set previously. Right. And normally, I know things that happen off screen. I'm not too mad about, but I don't understand what happened. So. Fake it up. Margo's yelling, hey, we're human. Let us out. Which I'm like, you let people you don't know lock you up. I don't know if you're getting out. Right. And Fen's like, I'm really sorry. I didn't mean to sleep with them like a dozen or so times happened. Margo's like, shut up. I don't own him. I was gone. There's complicated emotions involved. Margo is just like, all right, you know what? Shit happens. I'm not going to be pissy. We're past that. But Josh... Decides to pipe up. Margo, we, we gave up on you ever coming back because we thought you gave up on us. And I thought it was all over. We were never going to see each other. And then Margo just kind of lets fly with her own word vomit. Yep. I did. I gave up on you. I thought you guys were going to be dead because you were dead. For all intents and purposes, you were gone. Yep. I wasn't the one who sent you the letter. Elliot saved you because I had sent the letter saying goodbye. And Elliot changed everything. And he saved you when I thought everything was over. And of course, Fen then goes off on Margot. She thought she went to battle for her because Margot cared for them. And you can just see the pain in Margot's face. And I think at this point, she's trying to retreat into herself. Yeah. Because it's like, you know what? You guys hurt me. I'm going to hurt you. Yep. That's what I felt like what was happening. Oh, and exactly. There was still some werewolf left in her. And even though she's trying to put up a front, I feel like Josh has got to know that even if that was the case, that she had tried and something had to happen and basically break. Because I'm sure she had to say something about the bees at that point. Would have thought. So it was really depressing how they ended with them. Yes. And I really hope next episode something gets better. (laughs) It's got to. But I don't know. So... Let's clear our heads and go for a hike, shall we? All right. We get a flashback. This is not helping clear my head. No. Because it's Alice and Q about them working together instead of trying to save each other. And it was when they were on the steps in the physical kid's cottage. Yep. And suddenly Q's gone and Alice wakes up and she's getting a text from her mom. Hey, can you water the plants? I hope you're not still in bed. Blah, blah, blah. Plants, plants, plants. Right. So Alice drags herself out there to water the plants and sees there is gas coming from the place where she buried young Q and digs it up. And the jar is what has his essence. It's like, well, shit. Yeah. This is not working the way I wanted it to. No, that's not the way to get his essence back to the underworld. Obviously. Yeah. I mean, I guess you could have probably dropped it when the library mailboxes, but who knows if that would work either. Yeah, not likely. So Alice, in all her wisdom, decides to go to the apartment to go through the clock to Fillory. But she's not doing it exactly incognito because she has a crap ton of gear strapped to her back. And she's like, oh, hey, and just heads for the clock. Like, don't pay attention to me. Nothing happening here. (laughs) Like, okay, you're not going to Jedi mind trick them right now. No, especially not Elliot. Right. Because Elliot's like, what are you doing? Where are you going? What What are you up to? Well, at this point in time, nobody trusts her. I don't think anybody trusts anybody at this point because of everything that's happened. It's getting that way quickly, isn't it? Right? 
And Alice is like, I'm going to the Mountain of Ghosts so I can return Q's stolen essence to the underworld. Huh, really? Head so scratch. you did what? Right. Uh, oh, the I'm, same thing you did? Oh, okay. Well, you aren't going by yourself. Right, which surprised the hell out of me. Yeah. What? Elliot's going? Elliot doesn't exactly seem like the adventurer type. Yeah, but stand-up kind of guy. Apparently, this is what's happening. So they make it to the living wall, which has huge signs everywhere, and walls saying, takers beyond, do not pass. Oh, but adventure tours to the left <laughs> or the right, whatever. <laughs> what? Okay. So they meet the tour guide who's like, all right, so fill the bags with a bunch of rocks and a bunch of the dust because that helps keep the takers away. Now, I thought it was some weird task he was giving them. Right. To be like, let's see if you're serious because you got to carry that then. Yeah. But, right. But surprisingly, that was not the case. It was really because that helps keep them away. Yep. So as they're going up the long mountain pass, Elliot's like, uh, so what is it about the takers? And the guide calls them grievers. And I'm thinking he was talking about the takers. And it turns out, no, he's talking about everybody who goes up the mountain. Right. Because they yeah, go up. It's gone. And right. So they, he thinks they're grieving Ember. And, I'm- and everybody wants to go up there. But you're not going to last on the mountain. I was like, oh, okay, not the takers. I I assumed he was trying to explain something like they were everybody who died on the mountain or something. Right. Which would have really been weird. Yeah. But we still don't know what they are, so it could be something no, like that. Sure could be, because they sure didn't look like they were alive. Right. <laughs> Very strange. And he's like, oh, yeah, they only take what's valuable to people. And, of course, the first thing that happens is Alice reaches for the essence. Right. Alice, not the best. Not the best idea. But Elliot's like, here, put it in here, because this bag has a zipper. It's the safest thing we have. You are magicians. Yeah. There's got to be something better. But so the bottle goes in the bag and also the letter for Q. Oh. Yeah. So uh, my thoughts start ticking away. It's like, oh, if the letter goes, what if that gets to him in the underworld? All these little thoughts coming together. Let's see what happens. Well. After getting partway up the mountain, Alice and Elliot start nipping at each other. Big surprise. And they're getting super tired because the air is getting thinner. It's like, all right, we'll stop for a minute so you guys can work things out. And as he's rolling a cigarette, he gets snatched. And Alice starts to follow after the guide. And Elliot kind of starts following, very much upset about what's happening. Right. But they're still together. Okay, let's hope this is going to keep happening. Alice is pitching a tent. Elliot's trying to build the circle. But, great. Who put down the frickin' bag? Because Elliot, of course. that made me so mad. But he hears his name. You. Yeah, calling him. Yeah, it's like, what? What is happening? Is it some weird thing? And again... It is called Mountain of Ghosts. That's why I kept thinking that these takers are something with people who've died. And they very well could be. So... Of course, Alice turns right as the taker snatches the bag. And Elliot's like, stay in the circle. And he runs after her. I'm like, this is not going to end well. I'm like, they're going to take him. This is going to be a whole other quest that's going to happen. Right. But that isn't what happens. Because suddenly he loses the trail. He looks around and the taker is right there. And it kind of scared the hell out of me. I don't know about you. (laughs) Yeah. Elliot tries to run, but is tackled. And of course... A struggle ensues, but 
all of a sudden the taker flies off Elliot and into a tree and there's like black stuff coming out of its mouth. And apparently it's some weird magic, I guess. And it dies. And it's like, what? What just happened? Yeah. Well, see a fellow griever, Sean McGuire. Hey, wait a second. That was the pig man in episode one. What does this mean for us? What does this mean? How is this connected? And again, head starts to go as things start to unravel here. Because Elliot gets up and Alice shows up. It's like, what? What happened? And the guy's like, who needs a drink? Yep. I think we can all use one. So the guy who saved Elliot does explain that he was in Loria at the border when he first saw Taker. And, well, what did you do? Because Elliot's like, I tried a couple spells and it had no effect. And Alice says, well, the Dark King's able to, to do something. He's like, well, there's a few few of us that can do it. And he explains that when the taker touched him, it felt like a virus. So he shot off an antiviral. How does something feel like a virus? Yeah. Well, let's see. I guess touching the protomolecule or having the protomolecule touch you would probably feel like a virus. (laughs) (laughs) There's a crossover happening. Yep. Hmm, Maybe that's one of the worlds through the ring. Whole nother show. Hopefully you get it. But that's when Elliot's like, wait, you're a magician. Are you from Earth? And he's like, no, no, my family is. And again, head head's like, hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Things start spinning. What is another person from Earth doing on Fillory? Right. Or family. And how long ago? Because when did you take over? Yeah. So Alice wants to know how he was able to, to take care of the takers. He's like, oh, yeah, I'll teach him. But how about some drinks? So they get to drink Lorian Bumble wine in really tiny cups, which Alice decides to take like a shot. Yeah, they get to tell her that that's something you sip, not chug. <laughs> but it will help with the altitude sickness, and you can breathe easier. Yeah, she's basically on her ass and going to crash. So Elliot is out there with this handsome gentleman, and I'm thinking, oh, God, Elliot, what's going to happen? Yeah. Because Elliot's tiptoeing around about why he's there. And the other gentleman is like pretty open. He's like, oh, I lost my, did he say my husband or just my friend? I can't remember what the other guy said. Yeah, I don't think he called him husband. Because Elliot's like, yeah, I lost my friend and and Alice lost her boyfriend. And the guy's like, oh, you should tell her how you feel about him, though. He's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, chill. Yeah, uh, Ellie is pretty easy to read, so. Yeah, I really thought something was going to happen between those two, because it kind of felt like that was happening. Yeah, it was definitely uh, heading in that direction, especially when the guy put his hand on that pillow and invited Elliot to lay down beside him, and you kind of go, and you're drinking on top of it. Oh, no, no, no. Like, don't don't do it. (laughs) Well, the next morning, they're up and they arrive at the top of the mountain, and I will let you two have some alone time. So, great. Elliot and Alice, looking at this, looks like a well. Yeah, it looks more like a well than anything else, because it actually has brick blocks coming up from the ground. Right, and some crystal, it looks like, too. Growth on it or something. And Alice walks to the hole, and Elliot's like, I'll give you a minute. And she's like, stay. And she's holding the bottle over the hole. She's like, is there anything you want to say to him? And Elliot just shakes his head no. And it's like really heartbreaking. Oh, yeah. Because she drops the bottle and she tells Elliot, okay, we can go. But he's like, wait, there's one more thing. Oh, no. And he shows her the letter 
and I'm like, what's this going to do? Because it still has Jane's stamp. And I feel like, okay, yes, it was in any mailbox, but this goes into the underworld. Is that going to be considered a mailbox for the underworld or something? Right. But say it does make it to Q in the underworld. All it's going to do is let Q know how Elliot felt about it. it. You think he changed the letter altogether? No. I mean, that's what Elliot basically says is that it was just him telling him how much he cared about him. Now, did he actually say, yes, you need to do this at this point? Yeah, that's probably in there too. Don't get yourself killed. Right. I loved that Alice is like, I know. I've always known. I couldn't ask him to love just me. Yeah. I know how things were. And Hugh was messy. And <laughs> Elliot's just like, yeah. <laughs> and I just, I loved it. She's like, yeah, he loved you too. And I think it kind of took him back. Like, oh, oh, okay. And then we get where Elliot tells her about the mosaic and that timeline and the family and everything. Right. And this is where I suddenly go, wait a second. What timeline would that be? Because Q had a son. Yes. The guy on the mountain, his family was from Earth. Hold on a second. Ooh. And like everything starts rolling around in my head. Yes, absolutely that would. Could he be that child or a descendant of that child? Yeah. And I know they're like, oh, no, that timeline means the race, nothing happened. But it's fillery and there's magic. That's right. And since he's part, I'd say magician. Oh, absolutely. You know, could that kid, well, no, I mean the kid. Oh, yeah. Could he have survived everything changing? Right. So that's what I don't know. Yep. Wouldn't that be an interesting twist? I want to know, and I'm hoping we find out, but let's come back. Let me come back from my what ifs and how about, and Ellis like listen you know i did bad things but i'm trying and elliot's like i'm doing what i can but i never got to talk to him because he saved me and then died and elliot's like i can't let go and alice is like do you want help which when this happens they both hold on to the the letter and drop into the hole and alice like thank you for talking to me and they share a hug and they go back to the guy who's going to take them back down the mountain and great elliot tells them no, we don't need a ride. There's a tree near White Spiral. Take us home. He's like, oh, I'm heading that direction if you want company. And at first, it's like, oh, yeah, they agree. But here comes a black coach. Oh, no. And Alice is like, oh, crap. And Elliot's like, are we in trouble again? Yeah. <laughs> and we find out it's the king's carriage. It's like, great. We are so screwed. And the man who helped them up the mountain has a cape placed around him by a servant. And oh, my God, he's the Dark King. Yes. Hey, you sh- or you guys don't want to ride? She's like, no, no. <laughs> Look. We're good. Ah, we are so screwed. <laughs> and he tells what Alice. are they? Because he tells Alice, I hope you got what you needed. And Elliot, call on me if there's anything you, you need. Oh, my God. Yes. And Elliot just like, I almost fucked the Dark King. <laughs> oh, shit. And Alice is like, what? Yeah, and she does a great Spock <laughs> with the like, eyebrow going. <laughs> I know I was out pretty quick, but what? And I'm just like, okay, so theory one, you guys heard of mine. Could that be Q's descendant or son, whatever. Second one that I have, because I feel like things get put out there, but 
it might take a while for a payoff. That witch, way back, I don't even remember what season it was, that took Q's blood. Right. Could she somehow be responsible for the Dark King Rising? Now I'm like, come on, somebody needs to give me the answers, and I need them now. Right. Yeah, because (laughs) if he's Pigman as well, so he can get to Earth, he knows Quentin's dead, but apparently he knows that Julia and Elliot and Alice were all close to Quentin. You think it's like, see, I I don't know. I mean, I know it's the same actor that plays him, but is it supposed to be the same person? Right. Yeah. We don't know that either. Oh, my gosh. It could be. I mean, he helps them. He saves them. He offers them a ride. He's concerned about them. But then why did he let the people of Fillory kill Josh and Finn? There's a lot of things that just don't seem to add up yet with this Dark King. No. So... Does anybody else have ideas? I mean, obviously, you you know how we feel. We want to know how you feel. Shoot us an email at sci-fi talk at fangirlzone.com. Let us know your theories, and we'll gladly share them with the rest of the group. And while you're at it, if you can rate and review us on iTunes and every other platform you find us on, because good ratings and reviews help other fans of the show. And, of course, tell your friends. We hope you're enjoying the podcast. Check out the website. You can check out the ET Day Badaki interview. You can find our contacts page and talk to us that way. Anything, everything. There's so much happening. And of course, for this episode of Sci-Fi Talk, I'm Sean Fangirlass. And I'm Steve. It's a valid question. When do you save the world enough? And until next time.